0: Hey, family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. women in this room have compact mirrors okay let me see pull your contact compact mirror out real quick real quick I gotta give this quick example compact mirror come on okay compact mirror I just want to see how many we got in the room you got yours okay anybody else compact mirror I see one anybody else okay you got one too okay open this up real quick Keisha Right? She got the double mirror. Okay. Keisha, so I'm you. I'm you. Every morning, what has been your pattern? Wake up, check my phone. Okay, you wake up and check your phone. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes read. A little bit. Uh, okay, now what do you do to prepare for your day? You look in the mirror and use it for anything. You never use the mirror for anything when you get? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you use it for? To do my hair. My- okay, to do your hair. What else? My makeup. Makeup. Make sure my clothes look okay. Clothes are presentable. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have the same pattern as her? Something similar. Okay, we, we all look in the mirror and we're looking in the mirror and we're making some changes. Right? Now y'all tell me why do you look in the mirror? Before you leave the house. To make sure you look good. So you're basically telling me. That your own eyesight. Doesn't have the ability to give you an accurate judgment. Of how you're supposed to look. <laughs> right? That, that, that's what right? That's what y'all telling me. You're telling me. You cannot wake up out of the bed. And literally be confident knowing I look good. Watch this. You need another opinion. Who will show you what you don't see for yourself. Make sense? Here's the thing about a mirror. Tasha. What, what what thing about a mirror is that when you look in the mirror, it's not designed to give you a biased opinion. The mirror will show you what you look like. And when you see, when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, what do you do? You change the image. Why is this important? Because we as God's people cannot get mad or frustrated when God looks at you and he doesn't see himself. When God looks at your marriage and he does not see himself, you cannot get frustrated. When God sees you in the middle of the night, you cannot get pissed off when God is frustrated. His love, watch this, will keep him coming back to the mirror. But when he sees himself in the mirror, he's not coming for your comfortability. And he's not coming for your convenience. He's coming to what? Make some changes. So we understand the power of a mirror is supposed to reflect. Now here is the, the, the breaking point. The image is supposed to shift in accordance to your expectations. Honestly, when I look in the mirror, before I looked in the mirror, I already had an idea of what I'm supposed to look like. I will not leave the room until what I saw in my mind is what I see in the mirror. The reason why some of you are normally late to certain appointments Is because the mirror is not giving you the image that you saw in your mind. Now, let's be honest. How many of you have left the mirror prematurely because out of frustration, you assumed the idea was unreachable? How many of you had an idea of what to wear? but decide to change it last minute because it did not look like what you saw in your mom. So what happens is that when we look in the mirror and we don't see it, we get frustrated and we often just throw on anything. But here's the crazy part. After you leave the house, you're left dissatisfied because the image that you saw in your mind does not portray what you have on your body. So in order for effective change to be made what God is looking for is not people who are impatient who are not easily frustrated or emotionally compromised. You have to be convinced and understand that the image that God has given you, watch this, is an image without compromise. Why do we keep coming to church every single Sunday? It's because every single Sunday, it's not just for worship. It's not just for the preached word. It's not just for fellowship. It's because God brought you to the house hoping to plant a seed so that when you leave the house your conviction is God help me to look like you every single day we have worship we have prayer we have the preached word it's not just for you to get something but it's also for you to be willing to give back something as a husband I come to church so that When I leave the church, I will be the representation of Jesus Christ to my wife and to my world. Are y'all with me? Why is this point important? Because many of you have been frustrated living on the altar asking God for deliverance. When God is saying is the deliverance you seek for is in the mirror. to be to the degree where we'll go from church to church hearing messages and different songs hoping that somebody else's testimony will cause us to make us feel good even though we know we're inaccurate. And the Lord is saying is here is the blessing. Here is the favor. This is what you've been looking for. Go back to the reflection and do not create an image that is convenient for you but ask me to show you what I see. Because if you ask me what I see, I'll tell you the truth. And when I tell you the truth, the truth will set you free from the false image that you created. Your deliverance is in your confession of your false truth. I said your deliverance is in your confession of your false truth. It's no longer coming to God complaining of why things aren't changing. It's coming to God saying, Lord, let this be the day where change becomes a reality. And let this be the day where I'll be desperate until you what I see is what you see. What you want to see in me. Are y'all with me? I won't believe in the time. I see the time. But I want to lay foundation to consider That many of us understand the conviction of the need to change. We all agree that there is a need to change. Keisha, we come every single day. We hear the prophecies from the word of God, from Bishop, from the worship. We know the need for change. However, this month, Bishop is laying foundation and giving you a heads up for those of you who are guests. God bless you. We'd love to come back this month because Bishop is going to be talking about on the subject that I am not okay. I'm not okay. Suggesting laying foundation that someone in this room, you are a master of disguise. You are a master of disguise and you have created a normalcy of creating an image that does not reflect how you really feel. Can can we break some hollow ground real quickly? There is an image that you are portraying that's not how you really feel. And, and and if things are not changing, many of us, unfortunately, have adopted the scapegoat mindset. Where it's not my fault, it's your fault why I'm not changing. So I'll laugh Kiki in your face for the sake of comfortability. But when I go home, somebody's going to get my tongue. Are y'all with me? let's be honest, how many of y'all have been victimized by people who have been compromised by somebody else and you did nothing wrong? I need hands, I need hands, I need hands. Okay, okay. Now, now, let, put your hands down. Now, let me ask real quickly. How many of you can be honest to say that you've been found guilty of cutting somebody else and it wasn't what they did, they just got the byproduct of what somebody else did? Hands, 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 hands. Hands. Don't play. Somebody see how. mm, Hands. So, so why is this? Why is it that I feel okay in cutting you when I know you did nothing wrong? Why is it that I have perfected or mastered The ability to give you an image. When I know when I leave, I'll be mad because I was fake. Let's, 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 real quickly again. I see the time. Let's real quickly get everybody else out the room, okay? And and for the next fifteen or so minutes, let me talk to you as if you're the only one in the seat. Can we do that? Can, can, Can we in this moment sanctify this room and make it seem like I'm the only one here? Let, let me ask this question first. How are you feeling? You don't have to answer. I, I, l- thank you. Okay, so we're going to have a dialogue, and I want you to answer my questions in your mind. Okay? We're going to have a dialogue, answer questions in your mind. Here we go. Number one, how are you feeling today? Okay, okay next question. How are you feeling right now, and is that different than how you felt when you woke up? If it is different, why? Okay, let me, let me, let me make an assumption. What did they say to you? Okay, they didn't say nothing. What did they do to you? okay, okay, I understand, I understand, I'm I'm with you. But should what they said or did, should that have the power to dictate how you feel? I know I don't know your family. I know I don't know your business. I don't need to know. But based on your confession, you probably don't feel the way you should. Oh, it's not them, okay? Okay. Okay, how long have you been feeling this way? How long have you been feeling this way? Okay, did you tell anybody? Why not? How do you know they wouldn't understand? You didn't even give them a chance. So if you didn't tell them, and you're leaving this conversation in your mind. Who's really to blame? Okay, I, 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 of course I'm gonna pray for you. I got you. I'm, I'm gonna pray for you. I got you. I got you. Okay, let's let's try this. What did God say about it? Are oh, you still waiting? how much time did you give God to respond back to you? All right, I see you getting irritated. I'm going to leave you alone. Leave you alone. There are conversations that are not happening that are happening. I'm going to say it again. There are conversations that are happening that are not happening. We can only respond based on the conversation we have. But if the conversation that we have is the fake conversation, and you go home with the real one, the prison will always be locked in your face. Bishop has been adamant in saying, we're trying to create a community But even right now, I'm shaking in my shoes because we are on the brink of creating a community. But now I'm realizing it's the wrong one. And the reason why is because we have not given proper context of who's real and who's fake. And if you believe this house is a house of miracles... Of signs and wonders, then you cannot afford to license yourself to every single Sunday live in the carbon copy when deliverance hinges on your truth. The beauty of this church is that when we are truthful and honest and transparent. God can maximize the opportunity for change because he ain't dealing with something fake. Because Jerry, what we don't understand or neglect to consider is that I can play you, but I can't play God. And when God knows you are giving him the fake you, we all suffer from the opportunity for deliverance. Because God is waiting for the manifestation of the real you. So we understand the plight of the need to change. Would you all agree? Okay. Let's create let's 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 create an identity of change before we go to the text. And the text we're in is John chapter five. I see the time in Can we give God praise for Bishop? we got a chance to make it in. That's my pastor, y'all. I love him to life. That's my brother. I appreciate you, sir. Let's let's go to the first image. Let's go to the first image. We're in John chapter 5, and I'm going to go through the story real quickly. But in this moment, just the past uh, 10 minutes, we just painted the picture that all of us is in need of change. Would y'all agree? Thank you. I'm I'm so glad. Let's get to that first image, please. All of us understand we need to change. What I want you to understand in this month as we are engaging in not being okay and with this mental awareness, this mental health, number one, we need to consider that not only we need to change, but watch this. You cannot afford not to change. Okay? Well, I'm, again, as I said before, I'm talking to you by yourself in the seat. Can we do that? I'm going to say it again. You in this room You cannot afford not to change. That means you as an individual need to take inventory of what is not supposed to be here. Are y'all with me? Every single Sunday, thank you God, I'm giving you some tools now. My prayer this week, and some of y'all just listen like a regular service, I pray you take notes. This week, I pray that you take inventory of everything that needs to change and bring it to church next Sunday. I, I know Bishop is going to bring a word. But this day, I want you to take inventory of everything that needs to change and bring it next Sunday. Are y'all with me? Process the change, real quickly. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, one of my favorite change scriptures. Be not conformed, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Word that pulls out, word transform, that is the Greek word metamorpho, by which we get the English word metamorphosis. A metamorphosis is that which a caterpillar goes through when he becomes a butterfly. Are y'all with me? I believe, if I can use our sanctified imaginations to put a picture, all of us, let's say, started as a caterpillar. Y'all got the image? Who looks like a green caterpillar? Who looks like a, a black and white one? Who looks like a red one? Who looks like a blue one? Okay, beautiful. Okay, just look for some colors. Okay. You're a caterpillar. All of us understand the need to change. Here's something to think about a caterpillar, okay? A caterpillar, all its life, is preparing itself for change. All of its life. Change is not an event for the caterpillar. Every single day, Kenny, is a step towards ultimate change. Not just small changes, Keisha. But the ultimate change, the reason why caterpillars eat so much is not to get fat, but it's because it's preparing itself for change. The reason why a caterpillar eats double its size is because, watch this, it's also carrying its future self. The reason why a caterpillar's appetite is so strong at a bee is because it is eating for two. Someone in this room, the reason why your appetite in your flesh is so strong is because you're eating for more than just you. The reason why your spirit demands more in desperate moments is because you cannot afford to just eat for one. This is why for some of you, Sunday is not enough. Because there is a growing appetite within you. I can't just, leave you feel me? I can't just finish. Bishop, that's a good word, but that's a launching pad for something else. God, take me from this word to another word. This word to another word. This word to another word. word, to another word because there's an appetite for two. The caterpillar has double the appetite, he's eating for two. All his life he's preparing for ultimate change. Now, as he's preparing for ultimate change, he's on his way to the cocoon. It's a chrysalis stage. This is ultimate transformation. Four stages of change. Number one, the first stage, Riva, the first change is it starts shedding off old skin. When it's in the cocoon, it sheds off old skin. Everything it was born with begins to fall off. Quick context, the more time you spend with Jesus, you'll start noticing some things falling off too. Do I got a witness in this room? Number one, it sheds off old skin. Number two, stage number two, the, the, the caterpillar begins to develop new wings. I'm messed up by this because the caterpillar never had wings. But in the cocoon, it's developing, it's developing new tools. In your process of changing, God is about to give you new tools. Yeah. Not for your present state, but for where God is trying to take you. Yeah. Everyone say new tools. The butterfly is developing new wings. Kenny, I'm I messed up because I'm considering while it's in the cocoon, oh, where did these wings come from? And on top of that, here's the better question: who taught the caterpillar how to fly? what happened? And Bishop, the Lord had me reflect and look at my own stuff and said, Michael, uh, the reason why there's there's wings for this caterpillar is because it's conditioned not by where it is, but where it's going. And I had to look at my own life and realize, Kenny, there's some things I'm able to do today that I couldn't do 10 years ago. And how many times have you gone to God asking God, how am I able to do this? What you need to do is go back to praying and say, God, I don't know how, but I just thank you that I can do it. Anybody grateful for the that's in your life? Number one, sheds off old skin. Number two, he grows new ring. Stage number three, he lets go of old legs. So every caterpillar starts off with six legs. But the caterpillar Is also given false legs four to six or eight additional legs depending on the species here's the reason the reason why is because the caterpillar needs more legs to climb up to other places but when it goes into the cocoon Bishop the false legs fall off and the reason why the false legs fall off is because the energy and power that was used for the false legs is now redistributed to its wings And for someone in this room, mentally, you've been telling yourself that God is about to do a new thing. When I dare say, what God is saying is, you don't need a new thing. You just need God to transfer power from one area to another area. How many of us mentally have gone crazy looking around for the new thing? When God is saying, is everything that you need is already in you? You just need the faith to give me the space to transfer power from one area to another area. Last stage, skin falls off, wings develop, uh, legs fall off, and last but not least, it begins to take flight. Now, now this is a good story, right? Joey, it's it's got a beginning, it's got a middle and an end. It's got a past, it's got a present, and it's got a future. However, for this month. Um, I believe that there are some butterflies in this room, but then there are also some caterpillars who have yet to transform. How many of people in this room have wrecked your brain, challenged and conflicted merely because uh, you see butterflies all around you, but you're stuck? in the stage of being a caterpillar. You look in the media team, and you see butterflies. You look on the praise and worship team, and you see butterflies. You you, you come to worship, and you hear the preached word from a butterfly. But what about me? Mentally, I'm stuck in the same place, merely because I think my ability to fly hinges on how I be like Didi. It's hard and difficult for us to gather a community when we're all trying to look like each other. Right. Right. So he, here is the crazy part about um, a caterpillar and um, who's not able to become a butterfly. If a caterpillar cannot transform into a butterfly, it's because it's malnourished. So when a caterpillar is malnourished, it can't create a cocoon. When it can't create a cocoon, it dehydrates. And eating so much, is gives it the hormone to be able to create the cocoon. That leads to transformation. If it does not transform, it will die. Someone in this room, while you look at all the other butterflies... You have created the normalcy of being left as a caterpillar. Assuming that you lack the resources that everybody else got. And I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to make this one, one point. Because the time is belabored. We We had an awesome worship time. But in John chapter 5, it gives the story of a man by the pool of Bethesda. Who was laying by the pool for 38 years. For 38 years, his normalcy has been by the pool of miracles. Sis, his normalcy has been by the pool of miracles. The Lord just convicted me even now. He says, Michael, this is the right word for this house. Because heavenly vision has been the pool of miracles. And God says it's time to address the impotent men. Who have found normalcy of laying next to the pool of miracles. Someone in this room, watch this. Some of you have been hoping that God would splash the water from the pool over to the side. Hoping that you can get the benefit of that miracle. And God says that's not how it works. Because the problem is if I allowed the splash to leave the pool. I would endorse your laziness. I would endorse your excuses. I would endorse your reasons for not changing. So God's grace, God's grace and mercy is that we, oh, I, thank you, Father. I hear, thank you, God. I hear God saying is with integrity, character, and consistency, we will never lack troubling waters. I said with constant consistency, with prioritizing God, this house will not lack troubling waters. But the plight, thank you God, is not the troubling waters. The plight is how many impotent men Have created a normalcy of living next to the pool. Neglecting the man is on his way. And blaming others. For 38 years, this man has laid by the pool of miracles. Jesus comes on the scene. Five minutes. Jesus comes on the scene. And he looks at the woman, Lady Kay. He looks at the man. And he doesn't immediately deal with his condition. He inspects him like a detective, like I'm dressed today. He he, he inspects the man, Keisha, and he realizes three things. Number one, for a while, he's been in this condition. He's been in this location. And he's also been in this state for 38 years. Bishop, I'm, I'm, I'm considering drawing a picture. What does that look like? It's almost like he got pool front property. Right he, he, he creates a cabana, he's got a towel, he, he's, he's, he's been here for a while. Y'all, y'all know some people who sit by someplace, you know they've been there for a while. He, he, he set up camp, and Jesus looks at the man who is right next to the pool of miracles and asks him, "Wilt thou be made whole?" I pose this question to every single one of you. For those of you who can be honest, you're sitting in the seat by yourself, "Wilt thou be made whole?" There's two ways in looking at this text, Keisha. Jesus looks at the man for 38 years and one way, one 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 version says, do you even believe things can change from here? I'm praying that God is, is convicting the heart of two different perspectives. Number one, do you still believe things can change from here? Has your heart grown so callous. has your spirit grown so numb that you have lost the faith to believe that things can't change from here? Many of you have been members. Oh, let me let me say this. Let me ask this real quick. I got to ask this. How many of you in this house have been the recipient of a physical miracle in this house? Hallelujah. Keep that hands lifted, keep that hands lifted, keep that hands lifted. Bishop, look at this, look at this. Okay. Hands down, hands down. How many of you have been the recipient of an emotional miracle in this house? Okay, 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 hands down. How many of you are the recipient of a financial miracle in this house? Okay, okay, hands down. How many of you uh, have, have received relational miracles, maybe children or marriages or yes, hands down? I can stop right now oh, because y'all just preached to those who were questionable yeah. of the power that's available in this house. Yes, yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> However, here is the plight. What good is your witness? If it does not convict the impotent man to assume things can change. The first question Jesus asks, "Wilt thou be made whole, mama? And he says, do you believe things can change? Here's a second one that really bothers me. He looks at the man for 30 years, he's been sitting here, and he says, man, do you even want to change? Robin, have you created such a normal to the degree where you have even lost the desire for change? Deke, have you gotten so comfortable with the experience where change is too much work so I'll just be satisfied with what I get from deceit? Jerry, have you gotten so comfortable where you understand what it takes to change? So would you would rather find comfort in the image of change, neglecting the reality of what it takes to change, do you even want to change? And the man comes back to Jesus and he doesn't talk about his infirmity, he doesn't talk about his affliction, Daniel, he doesn't talk about his problem. He says, if I had somebody who can pick me up And take me to the pool. Then I probably would find the change. But every single time I tried champ. Somebody stepped over me. My prayer is that God delivers us this month mentally. From the necessity. Of somebody else being your spiritual caretaker. Bishop. Is the one who preaches over your soul. Manages it. And trust God's will. But he cannot be everywhere at every time. He cannot be the caretaker. K cannot be the caretaker. We are directories that lead you to the direction of the one who is supposed to care for your soul. And until you identify who has the ability to change you, you will be stuck in the same prison. But the grace of it is you always have access to freedom. I said the grace of it is no matter how long you've been in this prison you always have access to freedom. For who the sun sets free is free indeed. And this day, I'm going to release this word for someone in this room who is willing to take this word and take it home. God says, I'm not just going to give you freedom. I'm going to give you liberation. Is there anyone in this room who wants liberation over your soul? Stamp it on my feet, on your feet. I'm, I'm done. And I'm going to give it over to Bishop. And he's going to lead us into the next phase. Verse number eight is what I really want, thank you God, real quickly, this is what I really want to emphasize, verse number 8. He tells Jesus, um, if I had somebody, champ, to be my caretaker, I could shift my mindset. The mental shifting, key hinges on somebody else coming. But notice what Jesus does. He doesn't entertain a conversation on who didn't do what they said they were going to do. At least he didn't entertain a conversation on who did it to you. Why they do you like that? No. Here's my major point. If there's anything you get from this moment, get this word. Jesus takes the moment and challenges the man's normalcy. This week, The Lord charged me while I was in the back room. He said, make sure you let them know this. Because if anything, they're going to get this. I want to challenge your normalcy. The impotent man never rose on his own power for 38 years. For 38 years, he never had the ability to take up his own bed. For 38 years, he wasn't walking. And when Jesus says, rise, take up your own mat and walk Jesus says now what are you going to do about it there is now no more excuses because the word has been released but here is the responsibility you no longer have to depend on nobody else the question is what are you going to do about it and the Bible says immediately he was made whole Rises up, take up his bed, and walk. For someone in this room, God wants to challenge your normalcy. For someone in this room, you're not an alcoholic, but you've made alcohol your normalcy. For someone in this room, you're not a drug addict, or you claim you're not a drug addict, but you've made drugs your normal. Someone in this room, you're not promiscuous. But you've made sex with other partners your normal. And for this month, while we're dealing with mental awareness, one of them is suicide. For some in this room, you would tell someone else, I'm not suicidal. But cutting has been your normal. Not just cutting, self-injury. And God says, I'm coming for you today. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I came to the impotent man. I'm coming to challenge someone's normalcy. I hope you were blessed by that word. Now, as you go back to doing whatever you need to do, remember this, God loves you and we love you too. Let's stay connected. Visit us at hvcla.com.